Welcome back to A Good Place to Start. My name is Zach Robb. I am the founder and CEO of the Insight Shopping app. Um, today, we have an amazing guest, um, my good friend, Dr. Rolf Allenberger. Uh, he is from Germany. He's joining us from Munich, actually, today. Uh, he runs, uh, he's doing big things in the world with his company called VR Direct. Um, Rolf, uh, how, how is life going? Uh, well, first of all, Zach, uh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's it's really a pleasure. Uh, great, uh, great to have the opportunity to talk to you. Uh, life's good. I, I just I, I just spent uh, almost four weeks in the U.S. Um, you know, talking to investors and potential strategic partners and attending some conferences. Um, so that was great uh, food for thought and great for the network. So, um, but it's good to be back as well. Hot summer here in Munich, so life's good. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, it's it's good to see you again. Um, I know it, it's been a while. I, I so I actually met Rolf at the at Startup Grind, which is a big conference up there in Silicon Valley. So so that was cool. Um, yeah, Rolf, I, I, I kind of wanted just to ask a little bit about your background, um, uh, a little bit of how how you you kind of came to to get into what you're working on now. Yeah. So my my personal background, I, I've as you know, as many, I have started in consulting. Uh, I spent almost a decade um, doing consulting, mostly uh, media and telco related um, advisory. Also, a lot of done a lot of transactions. Um, I moved on to become um, a managing director in a um, for a large German broadcaster, um, TV broadcaster called ProSieben Sat1. Uh, which owns uh, about half of the German free TV broadcasting. <clears throat> I was responsible for uh, the digital business there um, uh, and primarily the new business development. Um, and um, I, in, in that capacity, I saw my current uh, topic like VR and metaverse. We're going to talk about that in a, in a minute, I guess. Uh, but I saw VR coming, let's say, 2013, 2014, um, still, while still being responsible for the business development for this broadcaster. And uh, we, we, we thought that's gonna, uh, you know, change the entertainment business um, or, or even uh, transform it or whatever you wanna say. Um, it, it, it didn't until today, right? We were probably a bit too early with that, but um, this was kind of the initial spark um, um, that made me interested in the whole virtual reality thing. Um, and then um, I started the virtual reality business still uh, under the roof of this broadcaster uh, back in 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, done a lot of, done, done, done a few investments for the broadcaster in the VR space by the time. Um, so I was quite early to that whole uh, industry and this whole technology. Um, and then it turned out it's too early for a, for a you know mass market broadcaster, which was probably the right decision. Um, so when the broadcaster decided to not to discontinue uh, the VR um, adventure, I decided to do a management buyout, um, and that's when I took um, you know the whole VR business um, um, out of the broadcaster and started my own 
startup um, called uh, Vierect, and that's what I'm doing for the last four years. Very cool. Yeah, and uh, tell us a little bit. I know you have the doctor in front of your your name, which is which is really cool. But uh, tell us a little bit about your education, how you how you uh, navigated um, when you were going through your academics. Yeah. So in, um, so I my my first uh, degree is actually um, an engineer. <clears throat> That's what I initially studied and i'm quite happy that i did that because it's it's always good to really understand things right not uh, not like in economics where you know you at times pretend to understand things so, so it's good to have an engineering de degree i did a master's in business administration after that and um, then i started um, with the consulting business and um, by the time i started the consulting business it was still quite um, common to have sabbaticals after a certain period of time. Um, and that's exactly what I did after uh, two years in consulting. So I had a sabbatical, uh, one and a half year sabbatical. And uh, I used this um, to um, complete my PhD. To be, to be honest, I didn't complete it in that time, but I started in that time. Um, <laughs> so I was lucky to find a find a university and a, and a professor um, um, who supported me greatly on, on, on that uh, topic. <clears throat> and, I, and, and I did research on um, success factors of um, print um, brands that are going online. Um, you know, now in 2022, this sounds like, what do you mean? It's like, um, <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's like WashingtonPost.com or uh, NewYorkTimes.com, but uh, you have to imagine this was like 2008. Um, the iPhone wasn't there. It, it was technically there, but it was not yet at a point where people had it. Um, it was before the iPhone. It was before the smart smartphone era really kicked in. And by the time you know, newspapers and magazines were really still were at the point where they were questioning whether they should follow this internet trend at all right um and i had i, and I was talking to quite a few um uh, editorial teams who were like no we're not gonna jump on this internet train we are gonna do a newspaper in print and on paper right that's what we do so it was a funny time it sounds it sounds it sounds like ages away uh from looking from 2022 but it, this was the this was a relevant topic for the media industry in in that time so so that's i did my research on that um uh, completed my phd let's say after three years or so it was it was quite a struggle of finalizing the phd in parallel to working in consulting again uh but eventually i i managed to to finish that and um yeah i'm quite happy with with uh, that i uh, made that through that effort Okay, very cool. And um, have there been a lot of different entrepreneurial stuff that you've gotten involved with? Or is VR Direct kind of um, your, your, the first startup that you're working on? Technically, it's my first, uh, my first own startup. Yes. Um, but I would say the, the experience and, and, uh, and what I learned in both consulting, but also in the enterprise world, uh, I'm benefiting a lot from that. Um, uh, so, you know, the stuff that you learn in consulting, um, you know, narrow down a problem, um, you know, 
make a complex thing easy or you know dismount uh, create smaller portions of that so it's easier to understand a complex thing business modeling you know financial stuff uh, contractual uh, topics how to negotiate you know the, all, all the basics that you learn in consulting I, I benefit a lot from them today um, so that's that, that's really like my my skill set that I benefit from on a daily basis. Um, I, I, I don't know if I could uh, run a, a company like I do on a startup in, 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 in particular without that skill set. So I, 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 at times, you know, I wonder um, if I see startups led by, you know, kids just coming out of university. I'm, I'm sometimes where did you learn all that stuff you know <laughs> who, who, who taught you uh, what a, you know how to do like these complex financial models and stuff because you definitely don't learn it in university i mean probably you learn the groundwork in university but not at least not in my experience not to a point there that you can talk to investors and build like sophisticated financial models and all, all that so it, 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 I think a good portion was the, was the consulting. And then in, in, in the enterprise world, if you're in an executive position in the enterprise world, you, you basically learn, I would say, persistence, right? Uh, and decision-making and, uh, you know, leading. Um, you, you need to take decisions. That's your, that's your job in an enterprise. And people are depending on your decisions. So you take decisions for a team, for a unit, for a division, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but taking a decision, you know, gathering information, um, leading a team, uh, asking people, uh, providing guidance. Um, that's something you learn in a, as an enter enterprise executive. And, and, and I, when I took, and, and I always felt like I would like to start something on my, on my own. I, I always felt that probably for, an, for, I don't know, for probably a decade or so, I, I, I felt that, but I, I was always looking for the right topic. You know, I had people in my network who were like, I want to, I want to make a startup because I want to get rich. So I, I'll, I'll just make a long list of fancy ideas and then I shortlist it and I pick one of those, right? And then, and then I'll, I'll end up doing whatever a network for medical personnel or something while I have no, you know, personal affection uh, to this topic. And I, I, I was always sure I can't, I, that's not a, that's not a way for me. Um, I need to have a topic where I really believe in, you know, I, I really think that this will change the world. And, um, and it, and it took longer than probably expected. And probably if it, if it wouldn't have come around, I would have never started something on my own. I was, I would have stayed with the enterprise world. I, I was making a decent money there. Uh, I had a good job, a much better life balance, work life balance than now with the startup. Um, um, but but then the topic virtual reality crossed my path, and um, I, I as said it, it I, I spent you know it it was around for like four or five years until I took the final decision to um, to put all the all my bets into, <laughs> into this into this into this technology and um, and I never regretted it for a day. But the you know if you're if you found a startup you are going through very deep and dark valleys so to say it's mm -hmm. it's it's tough at times and i strongly believe that 
if you don't if you don't feel like um, it, you're 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 um, you're driven by purpose you're, you're driven by you know what you're doing is is makes sense and is the right thing you will not you will not prevail right uh, i think if if you're only driven by i want to make a fast money or something it, it might work at times right there 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 are hundreds of examples out there where this worked out no one's talking about the tens of thousands of examples where it didn't work out so there's in in, in the public opinion there's sometimes a bit of a misleading idea because you only read about the successful startup right? and then you have these three consulting guys that just came up with this fancy idea and suddenly they have a unicorn to sell it but i think that's very rare i think um, <clears throat> the reality is if you don't real if you don't really believe in what you're doing it's you'll have a hard time motivating yourself when 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 the going gets rough yeah yeah and, uh, um tell us a little bit about your family life um when you were kind of going through um because i know you said you worked um you were working more court it sounds like corporate world there for a while um what what did your family life look like at, at that time and, and what does your family life look like now yeah that's a, that's a good point i you know maybe let me start like this i think as a founder but it's probably also true as a corporate guy or as a consultant or basically in any other capacity you have to be very very careful um you know giving spending enough time and attention with your family right because the business thing as a start i mean in a startup it's an inherent risk that it all goes bust right that's that's a matter of statistics at the end of the day in the corporate world that risk is probably not so high but you could you you know you could still get fired at some point or something so I, I think you always have to keep in mind that whatever happens in your in your business in your professional life, um, the the family is what will always be there, right? And and what what you got to keep hold on to, right? Because the business might go bust, you might get fired, you know, things might change, but the family needs to needs to be there and needs to be some kind of a safe haven, so so to say, right? So. I was I was always in in my entire career I was working a lot I was traveling a lot I was working a lot um, I'm lucky to have uh, uh, my wife who who understands that I'm not the nine to five guy and I need <clears throat> you know I need this challenge and I need to be active I need to be on the road I need to start new things I, I couldn't do a I couldn't do a regular nine to five job I, that that would not be that would not make me happy but i think you have to devote time and attention to your family uh, and um, you know especially as a startup founder sometimes things can get so overwhelming with the startup you know if you're running out of money if if a fund if a, if, a, if a funding round doesn't work out you know if, if your business is not um, developing as you expect yes. There's so many things and, and they can keep you up at night and they there's a good argument to spend all time working um 
but but I think you have to be careful with um, even spending enough time. So I'm I'm doing this quite on quite on a rational basis, blocking time, spending time, uh, you know, picking up the kids from school, taking the kids to sport, you know, the regular things in your daily life. Because I also don't want to wake up some time and then the kids are, you know, sixteen and have their own friend and then they're moving out and then you'll you know they're gone um so i i don't want to look back and, and say like i i miss their 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 childhood so yeah that's that's very important to me so so how, how did you meet it sounds like you have um a family uh there uh so how did you meet your wife and then how like how did the kids come along and, and how old are your kids now <laughs> <laughs> wow that's get, that's getting quite personal the kids are <laughs> the kids are uh six and 12. um i i met my wife very traditional via online dating just like <laughs> we do that nowadays right? um, and um yeah that's that, that's that's basically the story and the, the the kids came like kids come right so that's <laughs> that's how, how it worked how, how long have you been married how long have you been married uh, we were married for eight years now. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <clears throat> you, you know, I, I think, um, you, you know, when, when you meet, you, when you meet uh, your, your perfect partner, you're, you're lucky in life. Um, I, I feel very blessed and very lucky to have done so. I know that this is, cannot be taken for granted. Um, you know, friends of mine in my age, probably a bit older, weren't as lucky. You know, maybe they were too picky also, and then <laughs> uh, at times. But uh, I think it's uh, it's it's a matter of fate meeting meeting your your perfect partner, and uh, once you found them, you just really you should you should really appreciate that relationship and that and that partner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely um, agree with that. Um, yeah, there's another, uh, I was, so when, when is the first time that you visited the United States? Um, are you, so you're oh. from, you're from Germany originally, right? Yes, um, yes, I, I am from Germany and I, I, I always lived in Germany. Uh, I, I, uh, I think I was in New York when I was in my teenager years with my parents. I remember visiting um, a concert of Deepesh Mode in the, in the Madison Square Garden. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, was, I was 14 or 15, maybe. So that, that must have been the first time in the, in the, in the U.S. Um, and then I studied uh, in the U.S. Um, when I did my engineering uh, study. I spent half a year in, um, in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and if you spend half a year in Cleveland, Ohio, you know America and Americans, uh, because uh, from uh, from the European perspective, New York, but also you know like California is not necessarily typical U.S. It's both very specific, uh, but <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio seems like real. You know the whole Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit area that feels like the real America. So that was a, that was a great time. And uh, then during my during my professional life, I spent a, a lot of time in, in the U.S. So I was I was part of the team that opened up the office for the German broadcaster uh, in San Francisco. So I spent um, 
a couple of months in San Francisco um, um, while still with the broadcaster. We acquired a, a YouTube company in Los Angeles um, and I did the post-merger integration for the broadcaster. So I was basically traveling Los Angeles, Munich for almost nine months, uh, like every week, every second week. Which sounds crazy, but that's what I, that's what I did. So I, I, got to, I got to know Los Angeles better than I ever wanted to know Los Angeles. And so I've, I've really traveled the U.S. a lot. I, I think I've, I don't know, I, I've probably been in the U.S. now. It could almost reach a hundred times, a hundred times with all of these uh, com almost commuting to between um, between uh, Munich and Los Angeles. Oh, very cool. And uh, so are there big differences from, you know, living in Germany to how life is in the United States from, from your experience? Would you say there's a big difference or it's, it's similar or not really? Uh. Well, I, I, I always think like we are kind of the same, we, we are the same kind of um, so humans and society. We share the same values, although things are going totally different, right? So uh, <laughs> um, I, I always, you know, I, I totally, I, you know, when I arrive in the US, I really like to get off the plane. And, you know, when I when I arrive in San Francisco or in New York, and it, it feels like, wow, that's the, that's the big world, <laughs> right? And then, and then it typically takes like two, three hours where I'm totally excited to be back. And then, and then, and then I also see some kind of the uh, of the things that I don't like that much. And typically, you know, when my business trip is over, I'm quite happy to get on the plane to get back. No, I think I think the I, I think I I have a quite good understanding what's the diff what the difference of Americans to Europeans is, and it's 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 to some extent rooted in our in the history of how the society um, uh, historically emerged, right? So the the American society is built on the, on the, the American way of living is built on the belief that the individual has to has to do something right you as an individual are the master of your fate right you if you work hard you earn something if you need to protect yourself you need to protect yourself if you spend your money it's you spending your money right if someone the government is asking for your money you're suspicious about that, right? And that that kind of basic understanding um, explains a lot of these two strange things that Europeans wonder about, like gun laws, you know, like the role of the government in the U.S. and you know the 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 gap between rich and poor people, and you know that's to to my, in my believe that's all of that is kind of rooted in this in this basic understanding of this still of you know the settlers basically you 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 were a settler coming from europe and you're on your own right you're you have your you're, you have your uh you're on the on the trail and you arrive in california in i don't know 1810 and you're on your own either you protect yourself or you're or you're or you're left alone right and there's no government there's no police there's no structures so you're on your own and that and that understanding of everyone has to look after himself basically 
before asking for you know a government or anyone else to help and support that still shapes the understanding of america in in europe on the other hand the you know the society was built up over thousands of years um and the european society grew from grew from you know literally people living in uh how do you say uh caves to you know 10 people living in a tent to 20 people living in a town and 100 people founding a city and then you know that's how it grew over thousands of years so and 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 at some point in in europe people and that that goes back to medieval times when people agreed like hey we're we're we we 10 people in this town we're better off if we work together uh, right we build a wall around our town which protects us we we pay someone who protects us we have we, we start to have rules of you know how things work so for for a european it's it's uh, it's uh, you don't question if your government asks for taxes because that's how our, how our society works right we we, we give taxes and to 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 the government because we know the government takes care of things that will ultimately benefit everyone um and that's why you know in in, in europe in europe no one would ever europeans don't understand why Amer- americans uh, have like the second amendment and want to carry guns because in europe you you rely on the government to protect you right but in the history of the u.s and probably even today, there's not always a situation that you can rely on the government. So you'll you'll better off taking care of yourself. And and I don't, you know, a lot of people in Europe are like, a lot of people in Europe make make an easy thing by thinking they're more morally, you know, above Americans and can like make fun of that. And 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 and, and that's but that's not that's not how that's that's not a I, I like the right word but that's not correct that's not how we should we should look at this we should rather have an understanding of what's the difference between you know the basic principles of the american society and the, and the european um, society on the, other, on the other hand i think um i i think what what you have to observe quite critically if that's correct is you know the corporate america i think latest since the 80s mm-hmm. corporates have a, a, a high impact on politics in the us which drives developments that are not good for society right uh, commer- commercializing uh, education commercializing healthcare, uh, you know, the high in-depthness of the entire country. That's that's all driven by a corporate America that sees basically any American as a first and foremost as a consumer and, you know, wants to make sure you are born as a consumer and you die as a consumer. And in between, we'll keep you in-depth in, in that's the right word. Uh, so we can always control you, right? As someone who's in debt has to open up, has open up anything. You, banks can tell you where to work, what, where to live, well, how yeah. to live, 
anything, right? And that's, I think that's that's a development that's that today is hard to turn back. And um, you know, I, I I'm not sure as to how many Americans have the ability to see that because they they're not aware of other societies outside of the U.S. to have a proper comparison. You know how. How would that work in, 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 in Europe, for instance? But still, I mean, I, I think we have to acknowledge both both uh, uh, regions, Europe and US. We are democratic societies, and we have to acknowledge that not all not not everywhere on earth democracy is perceived as a as a perfect um, uh, governmental uh system right um and and i think that's um i think we have no other option um us and europe than be closest allies mm -hmm. uh, because the the other the other systems on a global scale you know china but also other parts of asia africa they they have a different understanding of society at all, right? Uh, it's it's in parts completely different from our understanding. Yeah. Long long answer to that. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, that's that's really cool. Um, yeah, appreciate the input. That's that's very interesting. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, tell us where you're at with VR Direct. Um, it sounds like you got some investing. Um, uh, tell us where the company is now with with what you're working on. Um, yeah, so VR Direct is a is a is a no-code um, virtual reality platform for enterprises. <clears throat> that means we we provide enterprises with a um, comprehensive software solution to create, manage, and share their VR projects. Um, as as that as said, we have started with that before this was called the metaverse, uh, right? Now it's called the metaverse. Uh, before it was called virtual reality. Mm -hmm. um, Obviously, the whole metaverse thing is really benefiting us. So it's it we're, we're still do the same thing um, that we did before Mark Zuckerberg um, uh, claimed uh, the metaverse. But now it's a cool thing, right? Or it's, it's getting even cooler or hotter for other. <laughs> um, no, I, I you know the, I always believed in the virtual reality. I I always believed in this technology. The the a technology vr is a technology that is able to take your brain to any kind of experience any kind and in a way that your brain thinks it's 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 actually experiencing this if virtual reality takes you to a beach in france and you see the beach and you hear the beach your brain thinks you are at the beach uh, although you might be sitting in your in your office or in your living room and the power of this uh, technology, even you know, in its infancy in 2014, and probably still, the technology is still super, super young. We're still talking about this, you know, rather unattractive devices, even in the year 2022. But the but but the general idea of this technology, the capability of this technology, which which you call immersiveness. Uh, will will do great things. Uh, uh, it, it it will it will uh, you know expand the boundaries of what mankind will be able to uh, experience. Um, and and I all and, and I was always a true believer in that. 
And we're, we're doing pretty well. We're um, working with some of the biggest um, brands um, of this uh, of this uh, globe, like companies like Siemens and Nestle and uh, Deutsche Telekom are are all using our platform as their standard VR solution. So it, it's it's really going in the right direction. Uh, it, I, I think the whole metaverse is becoming such a such a big trend, um, but it's I think it's fair because it's the future. Uh, the metaverse will be the next technology era replacing the smartphone era. Um, I'm a hundred percent sure about that, um, and uh, we are eager to to play a key part in that development, especially in, in enabling enterprises to to tap this this market opportunity. Very cool. And um, yeah, I have a few questions um, uh, to, to wrap it up. Um, what If someone was just getting started, um, so the podcast is called A Good Place to Start. What, what do you think is a good place to start if someone was just getting into entrepreneurship? Uh, what, what advice would you have for someone who who's just getting started? Well, first of all, I would my advice would be bef to the time before you start. I think my my most important advice would be <clears throat> find a topic, find something you really believe in. Find, wait until you until you get to this moment where you're like, "Hey, that's that's my topic," or "That's that's a problem I want to solve." Right? I'm that's really my motivation. I think really wait for this. Um, uh, don't worry about being too old or something, right? I, I, I know there's a lot of young folks coming out of university and be like, hey, I'm 27, I need to find something. That is because you read these stories of a 30-year-old selling his company for two billions. And then as a 27-year-old, you'll think like, oh God, I, I just have three years left. And don't, don't hurry. I think you are better prepared in terms of personality, in terms of skill set, when you have the first experiences, I'm not arguing with waiting 20 years, but um, don't feel like you need to rush into something. Right? Um, the the next piece of advice is don't be afraid. Um, the, um, the, the we are living in times where uh, you know a failure is not the end of everything. Um, you. You'll 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 find a corporate job anyways, right? It's not like it's not like a, a failure in a startup uh, thing will ruin your life or something. So, rather take the risk. If you don't, as as sad as people say, if you don't take the risk, you don't have a chance for reward in the first place. So, um, take 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 a risk. You know, uh, I I strongly believe that, you know, when we grow old. We will not look back and be like, "Whoa, I took a safe, I took the safe road." But we would rather look back and be like, "Hey, I should have taken this chance when I when when it when it came around." So, that, so that's really my piece of advice. And if we on a more of a meta level, on a more operational level to, in terms of startup life, be very careful with your investors. <clears throat> Find investors that share your vision. I think that's absolutely important. Don't take money from corporates too early. Uh, it's very risky. Um, uh, you know, corporates like to invest in startup because it's cool and because they want to 
you know, have some kind of external innovation, but it's very risky for a startup to go that route uh, because corporates almost always have an own agenda that is not necessarily aligned with your startup, uh, uh, startup founder agenda. So really be careful with picking your investors. You have to, it's a marriage. You have to go along quite a time through good times and bad times. And you want to have someone on your, at your side that really feels and is with you and, and your vision. So I think that's, that's really key. And, and, and also I think startup is, uh, I mean, it, it, it's a lot of effort. Everyone knows that you have to spend nights and days on that. That's, that's a given. You, you need to be ready to, uh, to do that. Um, you will sacrifice private life. You will sacrifice other friends and, uh, you know, sports and whatever else is taking time in your life. So you get, you got to be ready for that. Uh, but it's, but it's worth it. Um, but you should also be always be honest with you. If, if you're, if, if you notice you're on the wrong track, um, take a decision. Don't extend things that are not going well. If it's your co-founder, if it's other HR decisions, if it's a funding round, if it's you know cutting down the team because you're growing too slow. If you if you feel you have to do this, it's probably already too late. Don't wait another month. Don't wait two months and and you know have this wishful thinking. It will get better next week. Um, it won't take take a decision. Um, and um, I think that's very important. Uh, and and the the last thing is. You have to be resilient. You have to have the you have to have the will to come back over and over again. That's you're gonna be you're gonna fall over. You're gonna be knocked down a hundred times, and you have to get up a hundred and one times. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna succeed. The, the the lucky punch, where you know the three kid the three kids out of university found something, and six months later they sell it for whatever two billion. That's that's a, that's a that's an that's that's a story, right? Uh, you, you're not gonna. That's not gonna be your story. Your story is gonna be rough and long and much longer than you expect, and you gotta be ready for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, how long have you been working on a VR direct? Well, basically since oh, 2015 was like the first idea, but as a as a as a company, um, uh, we started it in 2018. So yeah. Okay. So uh, quite quite some time already. Very cool. But you know, this, you know that's probably another piece of advice. Startup success is not a matter of the idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, understand that it's not your idea. The idea is almost worthless. It's execution. Coming back to the resilience part, mm -hmm. you know, do, you have to do it and timing. Uh, especially if you're talking about technology uh, startups like we are, that's a it's a matter of timing. <clears throat> we, as a startup in that metaverse space, we cannot create the metaverse. We're too small, right? Probably companies like Meta and, and and Unity and Google and Apple and Microsoft, they can push a market like Meta is doing with the metaverse space. They they can push a market. They can still not make a market, but they can push a market. They have enough power. Uh, economic power to push a market but the market has to evolve basically on its own right there's a as a hundred of hundreds and thousands of market players who all have to you know but you in 2015 
there's no way to of, of you could have predicted the way it actually came the next seven years in terms of technology and in terms of market development and no one can predict the next seven years in the metaverse technology so uh, as a technology startup you have to find this sweet spot of being early enough in the market to become a relevant player um not be late to the party if, if you know if you're late to the party there is you know the players are already you know the market is already set yeah. but also don't be too early so you run out of you know you run out of motivation cash whatever uh mm -hmm. until the market gets to the point that that you need it so it's 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 execution and 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 timing in the in in the most part and execution is on is is on your side right and timing is you gotta, you gotta feel it somehow, right? And and take your take a good bet. Yeah. And uh, so what would you say your superpower? Is? What are you really, really just naturally good at? Would you say? Um, I, I would say my my natural strength is uh, I have a good sense for um, other people. Um, you, you could probably you could probably call it empath empathetic right? mm -hmm. what you say? Um, but I can I can I, I can I can you know operationally I can lead teams quite well I can um, you know ignite people with a vision that I have I can do negotiations quite well I have a good feeling of you know what what someone needs, what someone wants in a in a specific situation, and you know how to um, how to align that with the ideas that I have for for that situation, and that, that's that's something that I can do uh, quite well. That that is helping me in fundraising. That is helping me in keeping my team motivated. Um, that's something I can do well. But it's also important if you want to. I, th I think if you want to become successful, not in that, not only in a startup, but to know your weaknesses, right? So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I have weaknesses too, but um, I try to not name them too much, but also have people on my team that can compensate my uh, weaknesses. Very cool. And um, so when you, because 2015 VR Direct is just an idea in your head, um, has has VR Direct the company and kind of your vision has that changed um, at all or has it kind of stayed consistent through throughout or is it constantly changing or what is the dynamic? Yeah, the 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 vision <laughs> is, the vision is basically the same. Uh, I, I I mean, it, 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 I started in 2015 mm -hmm. because I I I I thought the technology is amazing, right? So period the technology is amazing i talked about the immersiveness earlier mm -hmm. but it's way too difficult to create content for that technology right back in 2015 you you, you needed to ask a team of programmers to to code something for you right if, if i had a idea about a, a content i would have to ask an agency coding blah 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 they would write a rfp and uh, you know weeks of coding and then you would put it on put it on and, and look at through the glasses and be like oh this idea was probably not so good but you have wasted you know 20 30 40 50 thousand k just by you know implementing this one idea so i the basic idea back in 2015 was 
was there needs to be an easy way to create content for VR. So that's that's the idea. Um, we did a lot of pivots on the way back in 2015. I was mostly thinking about creative people because I came from the broadcasting industry. I thought about editorial people. I, I thought about agency people. I thought about marketing, media, blah, blah, blah stuff. Now, today we're serving mostly big enterprises and we're talking about, you know, down to earth security trainings or product demonstrations or something. So we did a lot of pivots, pivots on the way, but the, <clears throat> but the basic vision, we need to make it as simple as possible for anyone to, to create VR content has, 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 has remained the same. So you're talking about um, make it as easy as possible for people to create their environment in the virtual reality, right? Yes, create an, create an interactive VR experience, you know, in the same, you know, with the same complexity than creating a PowerPoint uh, presentation, right? So, I mean, that's that's a comparison I, I, I use quite often. I mean, the uh, uh, in the enterprise world, you have PowerPoint presentations everywhere. Um, and we want to replace at least some of them with, you know, interactive 360 experiences, be it a safety instructions, be it an onboarding thing, be it a product demo. Um, that that's the idea. And, and and the same guy or girl who has <coughs> was done the safety training with a PowerPoint presentation before should should do it with the interactive 360 experience now. Yeah, yeah, no, that that makes sense. Um, so in, in the early days, um, when you were, you know, getting everything together, it, it was just an idea. Uh, how did you, how did you find co-founders or how did you get, get it started? Like kind of get the ball rolling. Um, were there people that you were working with that you kind of connected with or, or was it mainly just intentional where you were going out and trying to find people? Now the way we started is we we, we launched a, a project team within the broadcaster, mainly uh, you know developers who started to to develop this platform. Um, so and when I took it, and when I did the spin-off of the broadcaster, I took parts of the development team with me. So that was kind of the initial team set up by the time. Oh, I'm sorry. I need to... <laughs> No. Uh, you need to cut that later. <clears throat> so now I took the uh, I, I took um, an, an an initial team with me when we did the spin-off on the broadcaster. But I technically I never had you know some something like a, a real co-founder, which is a which is a which is sad or and which is um, an, a disadvantage. I I I know. Now I know how important a co-founder is because you need someone to challenge ideas, to take decisions together. It's very tough at times to take all the decision and all the, you know, all the weight of the decisions on on your own shoulders. So, but it's the way we started. Um, I, I cannot turn back time. So, in the meanwhile, I've I've, I've built a set, I've, I've put together a strong management team with my CTO, my 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 marketing and sales uh, executive, and also a key account. Uh, so I have a strong management team now, um, which is which is great. Um, yeah, but that's how it's how it how it evolved. And how how big is the team now? How many how many people do you 
you're working with now? We are a team of, you know, 12 to 15, depending on interns and working students and all. Okay. Very cool. Well, yeah, I appreciate you uh, uh, taking some time. Uh, uh, yeah, you have an amazing story. I know you're, you're doing big things in the world. And uh, I'm going to continue to follow everything that, that you're working on. Um, That's great. So I'm so glad that I, that I, I was able to uh, run into you there at the, the startup grind. <laughs> Same. Um, and ho hopefully you had some success with that event. That that's, that's always a, it's funny because um, I, I went to the startup grind for the first time in 2020. Uh, so it was that same conference. And, and we had a, we had an exhibit um, when we were there, kind of like how you, how you had the actual exhibit. And um uh, but yeah, we've always had fun at those events. So um, we'll definitely probably be back over there. Um, but yeah, so. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciate the conversation, Zach. And, uh, and I, I, I wish you all the best for your podcast and also for your company. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to follow your podcast and, and the other conversations that you're having and really appreciate yeah. the fact of. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'll. I will continue to pick your brain and uh, stay stay in contact and uh, see see uh, see VR Direct just uh, take over the the metaverse world. <laughs> Absolutely, we're about to do so. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Right, have a good okay. have a good day. Yeah. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye bye. Yeah. All right. So um, there we go.